This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for further details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, welcome back to Swanscast, everyone. So, uh, Swanscast Weekly, I should say. So, as always, this is your place for all Swansea City discussion. Um, we, we like to bring that to you on a weekly basis now going forward as much as we can anyway sometimes obviously you know life doesn't allow it but um try our best anyway welcome back lads so long time no see for alid who's joining us first time it's been for our season maybe <laughs> yeah it is um yeah yeah it is and as always lee as well as uh make makes his return hello so what have you two been up to? Uh, well, I say this week, Alex, since we last saw you, but uh, yeah, what have you been doing? <laughs> um, a lot of things. I, I don't even remember when the last video I was in was. I'll just say what have you been uh, up to since the start of the season. Then. Oh, yes. I don't know. Just working, um, spending a week doing physical exercise. Um, Which one of them? Like in, in, in thirty degrees of heat, that was very painful. Um, other than that, yeah, that's well, watching some of the Swans games, I guess. We've been up to this week, then, Lee. Not much. It's been quiet for me. Rubbish weather, so I actually rewatched all the Mighty Ducks films. Classic. How Enjoyed many it. is all of them? Isn't there only like two? That was three. Oh. And it's a series, yeah, I watched though, all Emily. Yeah, I I didn't realize it was a series. That's why I watched all the old films back again. So I'm gonna start watching the series now. So that's been my week really. Nothing that's so exciting it is for me at the moment. Yeah, I've not really been up to too much either, to be honest. Um, but everyone in work and all over TikTok, everyone's banging on about the Squid Games. Has anyone? Ah, oh, I've watched about that. Watch the trailer. I, we were going to watch it the other what night, game? but I am committed to it yet. Squid Games is it it looks, some uh, program on Netflix, like a Korean thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really I've seen what it is. I can't someone, explain it. I think I will yes, watch it. Someone was commenting about how nice he is and got screwed over or something. I, I don't know. That's all I know about it. Yeah, maybe I've I'll seen loads of spoilers now, though. I don't know mm-hmm. what the spoilers are. I see things that happen, but I don't know what's happening for it to be a spoiler. But I guess when I watch it, I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, okay. I, I think it's it. worth a watch. 
yeah, everyone's saying it's good, so maybe maybe I'll have a look at that one. Anyway, don't forget as always um, to subscribe to the channel for all your later, for all your latest Swansea content. Click the bell button to keep notif notified of when we upload, and leave a like as well because that helps us grow and get a bigger audience for more people to watch the stuff. And if more people watch, the more stuff we can do in the future. And don't forget to let us know in the comments as well what you think about everything we said, your views on anything we've discussed, and just get involved in the conversation. And the conversation today is going to involve a couple of topics. So obviously we've got two games to look at, two away games. So we've got the Swans travel to Fulham. Uh, both games, they actually wore their new third kit. Did you notice? Coral. Yeah. Is it called Coral? To be honest, nice. I, like, to be I like honest, it. It looks, it looks nice on the players when they're wearing it, but when I've seen it in person, I think it looks horrific. Yeah, it looks right. all right on the on the players, to be fair. I was quite surprised. It's it's not, like... I just don't think you can just wear it with jeans. Yeah. Was it better than that like blue raspberry one or whatever it was last year? Yeah, I I don't know. That was a lucky kit last year, wasn't it? The home bargains one. I'm sure you hated that when it first came out. <laughs> well, it was the home bargain ones last year. It's the Sainsbury's one this year. <laughs> so yeah, Fulham versus Swansea. We got Derby versus Swansea. We're actually going to talk a little bit about Bob Bradley. Bring a bring him back into this discussion. And we're going to end, uh, touch on Cardiff a little bit, because obviously that's the next game coming up, before asking the question, because we're kind of like a quarter of the way through the season. How is the process going so far? Is there any sort of points that we can take and dig out while we're on this journey to passing football um, and, and all the rest of it? So let's get stuck into the verdict then, looking at the last week of the Swans and what they've been doing. So first of all, we went away to London, where the Swans got down 3-1 to Fulham, who are actually, you know, many people's tips to win the championship. I don't know how you two feel about Fulham. I think, well, Lee, I think we had them quite high up in our prediction. Yeah, they'll be up there, definitely. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Especially squad, with Mitrovic. Yeah, the squad's quite strong coming down from the Premier League. Again, another kind of similar to last season, Teams getting relegated at the moment aren't feeling the full brunt of what previously teams getting relegated might have done so in terms of losing players. You know, not that much money is not as much money is getting splashed around the leagues at the moment in terms of, you know, new signings in the summer, other than the really big clubs, but then the really big clubs don't often pick from the relegated teams. It's the like the teams that just missed out on relegation might come in for some of these players and they're not the ones splashing the cash that much. So um, they managed to keep the likes of like Seri in midfield, um, Mitrovic, as you've just said, and a couple of others. They've got you know quite a quite a good squad. Alfie Mawson, who started for us Benching in the Premier me. League, is is on the bench for him. He can't even start. So uh, you know, Bobby Reid from Cardiff um, in the past, Harry Wilson again. I say ex Cardiff, obviously on loan from Liverpool quality all over the pitch and Harrison Reed as well I think he's got mm. good quality anyway enough about the team let's start talking about the game I think the main headline here is uh, is a hat-trick by none other than that man you've already mentioned Mitrovic who I think is kind of like a championship cheat code because he just wins the golden boot every time he gets relegated with the team so um, was he that good or could we just not defend in both, 
yeah, I think, yeah, definitely a bit of both. He's, he is classy, to be fair, especially at this level. But uh, I've said it before, I just, like, defensively, sometimes we just look all over the place. Like, Cabango is way off it in the yeah. Fulham game. Uh, and I think it was just strange to put Norton. I know he likes to play Norton in the middle of the three now. Um, but strange to put him in the middle against Mitrovic, against someone of that quality. Um, not, not not saying that Norton necessarily played bad, yeah. but I think you need an experienced centre-half in there against someone like that. Because he seemed to get in front of him for a few of the goals, you know. Well, seemed to just have that extra yard on him, which is the experience he probably hasn't got playing in the middle. I'm guessing that Bennett's injured because he's been missing from yeah. the, the squad for a couple yeah. of games now. Yeah. So I would argue, like, we don't have an experienced centre-back. Norton is yeah. our most experienced centre-back. Yeah, but even if it's just someone who naturally plays in that position, because yeah. Mitrovic was good, but and it sounds stupid, apart from the three goals, he didn't really do much, did he? But that's that's what he can do. He finds that yard of space. He had three chances and scored three goals. So maybe, a, you know, an out-and-out centre-half yeah. may read it a bit better. That's just being picky. Yeah. I do get what you're saying, but I would also argue the case. I think he was the best of the three at the back. Oh, yeah. yeah I think oh, so, yeah, um, he was. But then that begs the question: Who would you put there? Because if he's, if if we're saying you know he's not experienced enough at centre back to play in the middle against Mitrovic, but then he still had a better game than the other two. Then ah uh, yeah, but I in that, in that game, in that game, I would have like the way the game was going after the first ten fifteen minutes, Cabango should have gone into the middle and Norton should have gone on the right hand side because that fullback was ruining Cabango. Yeah. And maybe Cabango could have dealt with Mitrovic a bit better, who knows? But that's again, that's being picky. Yeah, I think they were coming from all angles though, weren't they? I don't think Mitrovic was only isolated against Norton either. I think he was here, there and everywhere. But I, I do see what you're saying. However, I am gonna add a third option to the question I posed to you, whether it was him being good to us being bad. Was he just a bit lucky, especially at the start? I know maybe not for a hat trick. But the beginning of the hat-trick was definitely a stroke of luck because the first goal, I don't even think it's an opinion at this point. I think it was offside. Um, I think it was clear to see when you look at the replays back that goal was offside. And, I, and you know, you could argue they should defend it better. But to be honest, I think when we first saw it, we were like, oh, how have the defence left him there? Seen the replay and actually the defence dealt with, dealt with the danger pretty well. They all pushed forward as a unit and caught him offside. It's not their fault that in that instance then that the linesman didn't see that or the ref hasn't seen it. I don't understand how the linesman hasn't seen it because I don't think it was that tight. I mean, it wasn't massive distance, but it wasn't the tightest of calls either. You know, like the yeah. marginal ones that can go either way. He was definitely yeah. offside. And I think at that point in the game, we started off quite well. I'm not saying we were necessarily the like overwhelmingly better team who deserved to be ahead. But we didn't necessarily deserve to be behind, and especially not to a goal that was offside. It's not like Fulham deserved at that point to go 1-0 up, I don't think. So I think that's a massive moment in the game. We ultimately lost 3-1, and that's fine. I was expecting to go to Fulham and lose, but... Yeah, I think that needs to be like mentioned that you know they did have a little bit of luck there, but then that doesn't discredit yeah. him for. I think the other two goals were good quality goals from Mitrovic. 
Oh, but it, it changes the game, doesn't it? Because it was quite early mm-hmm. on as well, and it took a one nil down away from well, home. It was 12th, 12th minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, it, it does change the game. I mean, yeah, fair enough, he does go on and, and score a hat-trick, but, yeah, you know, the longer it stays at nil-nil, and the way we were playing at the time, I thought we were playing quite well. Like, we were keeping the ball well, and we looked, you know, we looked good. And then to have that, it kind of knocks the stuffing out of the end, doesn't it? And then they go on to score the second with the momentum that the first goal has given them. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. No, definitely. So, yeah, like I said, the ball comes over the top. I'm not sure who plays it in, but basically the our defence steps up as the ball's cleared. And then Fulham put it straight back in. Mitrovic has kind of stayed uh, around the penalty spot area, maybe. And uh, yeah, he, put, yeah. he puts the, the ball into the net. So, Hamer can really do anything about it. Again, I can't really criticise anyone for it because you want them to step up in that situation and they've done their job. So, they just need help of the 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 you know the officials in that instant. It's unlucky. You've got to move on and you know crack on with the game. I guess at that point. Um, however, you you mentioned Kabango was poor in this game, and I think this is one of the reasons why I wouldn't be comfortable with him in the middle, even though he was getting rinsed by the winger. I can't remember exactly who the winger was. I was on the left. Was it Kibano? Kibano, oh, yeah. Um, he plays what you would think is quite a simple pass or like he plays it so casually from kind of like the halfway line. He's playing it up to Led or Smith, one or the other, um, in the right sort of forward position up near the, the touchline. But he just plays it so casually and like with not that much conviction, if you like. That Cabano, I think it is actually, it just basically runs on and intercepts the ball and then because of the momentum he's got with the interception... And Cabango being a little bit slow, changing his pace to sort of transition into defending the counter-attack, he's sort of gone past him already on the counter, and, and that's ultimately the um, what's led to the second goal in the end, uh, which again came from Mitrovic. I think it was, uh, was this the one where it was like a low cross in, and he does yeah, quite, a, was... quite a sort of smart touch that puts it into the far corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think is it? I think so. And I was it the one think, that squirms in? I want to say it's Cabano, and it's like he plays it from the left into Mitrovic, who's just about around the penalty spot. Yeah. Um, and it looks Norton like- is just like a step off of him, basically, and he just sort of puts it between Norton's legs into the yeah. bottom right corner. Norton's trying to track back and cover his run, basically. Um, I think the damage is done because we're all out of position already. It's what I've been saying for several weeks yeah. in the transition. Uh get caught on the counter attack after we lose possession ourselves in the in the transition period. Um, you know, Norton's position is not necessarily that bad, but I think when you've got a striker like Mitrovic of his quality, anyone's mm-hmm. gonna back him on a one v one in that situation to like get in front of his defender and stick his foot in the right place to like get the goal. I think it's you said yeah. it like looked like a squirmed in Lee. I think you're like when you watch it back, it looks like it's kind of a bit fluky, uh, the way that it's quite slow and it gets in goes into the far corner. But I think it's quite smart actually. I think oh, yeah. he really was doing good finish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just because it's so slow, it's just yeah. On on like Norton lunges, I guess, across it, and he he sort of just puts it between. Yeah, Northern's goes, legs on the, on the lunge using his left foot. <laughs> I think he goes to make a block, doesn't he? But like, 
Yeah. He doesn't really I mean, smash the ball, which you'd probably expect. It's because it kind of like places it and uh, yeah, it goes between his legs as a result. Um, Either of you know what but Mitrovic is? Does he know right for it? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he wants. Uh, yeah, apparently he's a. I've pulled up some random website. Apparently he's right footed, so. Um, yeah, Maybe okay. that makes it hit more. <laughs> and while we're talking about his hat trick, we may as well discuss his last goal. And to be fair, this was a good team goal from the Fulham perspective. But from a Swansea perspective, like. Ooh, issues yeah. again with the defending. Um, we played a high press, which we didn't do all game. I kind of. One good example, if you haven't watched the game, if you can remember back to when we played Manchester City, uh, that goal, you know, Selena scores. Not The goal is not the same in any, in any way, but what I mean is Man City are pressing us high and we're under a bit of pressure and we managed to do a couple of tappy-tap passes and get through everyone and we're through on goal. Kind of the same thing, but we didn't defend it very well. So we pressing them up in their like corner, basically the right-hand corner of their goal, um, man-marking, like, everyone's think... up there. They manage to escape that press. They play it to the other side of the pitch, where it must be Harry Wilson, I'm, I'm assuming. Is uh, it's Odoi. Oh, it's Odoi. So not even yeah. the right winger, but the right back is literally up on the halfway line in acres of space because, obviously, Bidwell is pushed further up the pitch for whatever reason, which doesn't make sense to me, because if it is Odoi, why is Bidwell not marking him? I would imagine. No, actually, I think I think if I remember, we had the ball, didn't we? We were we were attacking the ball, and we lost it in the far corner. And Corey Smith lost it. Yeah, but that's and, what then, mean, and then and they then they pressing. broke on us. Because that's what we do when we lose the ball deep up their pitch. They do an instant press. That's how they. Yeah, but playing. I was I was furious with that because this was right on half time. Why have we committed so many bodies forward? Smith Bidwell. Led, they're all up in that yeah. corner. Mm-hmm. Why are they up in that corner, two and down away from home, on half time? If they can get in a half time there, a two one, you know, we're still in the game. Yeah. And effectively, when he scores that goal, three one half time, it's just you know it's pretty much game over then. Yeah. So I don't understand why they were pressing so high with that many bodies at that time of the game. Yeah. Just a bit annoyed at that one. Well, yeah. Um, running down the right. Um, he puts a cross in because. Manning, I think, at this point needs to make a decision that he's got to go and close that space down because there's so yeah, much yeah. space there. He, he reacts a bit too late and the cross comes in. Like He, he has so much time to pick where he's putting that ball. Cabango sorry, Cabango was marking, literally running level with Mitrovic. He, he was basically man-marking Mitrovic. And as soon as Mitrovic stepped over in front of Norton when the ball comes in, like he just he just stops. Like as soon as he makes that movement towards Norton to that sort of near post, he just continues, and uh, you know Norton's completely caught off guard by Mitrovic's Mitrovic's yeah, presence. The man like, on that late, uh, it's tough to pick up a run, isn't it? When he's halfway through his run, I think the yeah. guy who's initially marking him when the cross is already coming in, you have got to just follow at that point. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, he, he didn't. I mean, we know Cabango didn't have the best first half here. But um, again, Norton's not going to win that ball over Mitrovic no. at that point. No, no. And it's a good finish, it's a good to be finish. fair. He does, he does put that into the net very well. But it's the actions before that. You don't really 
get frustrated that Mitrovic has put it in the net in that way. It's that we could have avoided the ball coming in in the first place and should have done so. Like, yeah, that's that space. Why is that space there? That's the question you need to ask. Yeah. But um, you know, hopefully, because it's because they committed so many forward and got caught out. I understand if Led's up there, but if Led's up there, then Bidwell shouldn't be up there. And, but and it wasn't even so. that. Wasn't just the only time in that game. It, it was all throughout that game that we were getting countered like that, uh, especially in the first half. Um, yeah, but any team that wants to play against us does it all the time. Like we didn't see it that much against Derby. There was a couple of occasions, I think, but. And you know some teams come to the liberty to like just defend, so we don't see it that often. Only you know once or twice when they do have a break, it does happen. But if a team comes down and tries to play against us, it happens a lot. That we we get caught up on the break. Most of our goals that we concede in are from being caught out on the break. So there's been two in this game out of the three. I think all the ones maybe against Stoke, for example, another game I can remember. Yeah. Um, but it, you know it is something I've said on the transition we're struggling with, with the defence, um, with the positioning, with like covering the gaps, because when we're losing it, playing this passing football, everyone's in a position to receive the ball. They're not in a position then when the ball gets lost. Yeah. It is. It is like game management, isn't it? Like we said, it is frustrating. They are playing good football, and sometimes, but the the lead and Bidwell need to be that high up at all times. Because yeah. they are like, sometimes you you look at them and they're playing almost like a three up front, with Bidwell, Perot, and Led on the on the other wing. Yeah, I think I we're a bit exposed sometimes. I think it's still early days, and we'll talk about this later. A lot of players are still. It's a lot to take in to get to the like. There's a lot of aspects to the game he's trying to implement and getting every part of that right all the time. It's definitely a lot of work. Uh, it's all well and good getting the passing bits right, getting the like movement right, attacking wise. But like you got to remember then what you do when you lose the ball. You got to remember then who covers who and all this other stuff. Um, and I'm sure it will come in time as they get used to playing their week in week out. But it's still worth pointing out when we have to discuss it for reasons like this. There was a positive though. Uh, we did get a goal ourselves. Uh, you know we haven't seen an abundance of them this season yet. So it's always nice to talk about them when we do get one. Jamie Patterson, he has been chipping in with a couple. I want to say it's either his third or fourth goal this season. Um, Got a couple, has been a decent signing for free. You can't complain. He's, he's missed yeah. a lot of chances that he should have buried, but he has been scoring, um, taking a little bit of the burden off Piro because it seems to be one or the other at the moment that are finding our goals. I thought it was a very good goal, actually. Um, Lovely goal. I can't remember who plays it, it in to Perot, but Perot like mm-hmm. very smartly turns out of the Fulham defender who's pushed up from the centre back. He's pushed up to man mark uh, Perot tight, and he turns the way the defender's not expecting him. And Patterson's yeah. already running into that gap that the centre back has yeah. pushed up from. And because of the way that he's turned, he can literally just thread that pass through and Patterson through one on one. Now it does look like. On your initial reaction, that Patterson blows his chance because he waits too long to take a shot, and I yeah. think quite similar thing happened in a previous game where he did blow his chance in this, this sort of situation. But he manages to just sort of like pirouette around the keeper a little bit or do some trickery with his feet when the keeper's on the floor. 
get a little bit of space and uh, just finesse it into the bottom right corner then just basically empty net there's a defender trying yeah. to cover but he places it well very good finish um yeah really good finish to be fair very good uh, it was downs in just in front of norton by the way that played it to pro yeah um so good good and i think that just shows how valuable pro can be when we get him into the game because it's oh, yeah. been he's shown his value with his goal scoring but he's also been there's been times where we can't get him in the game uh, but yeah, it just yeah, shows definitely. that when we can he can even link up well and, and and if you've got people running off him which if you're gonna insist on playing like him up top with the two behind him that's what they need to be doing potentially is running off him and this is an example of where that can work well yep um leading on from that in the other position opposite Patterson and Cham went off with an injury, I believe hamstring or some sort of leg muscle. Yeah. That's a big that's a big blow. So Don't know how long he's gonna be out for. He wasn't available for Derby, was he? But I'm pretty sure I read no. earlier that Swans would be fully fit for the Derby match. So... Yeah, apparently they said he hasn't like sort of done any major damage, just felt that it was a bit tight, so he uh precautionary taking him off. So hopefully we will see him for for the match against Cardiff, mm -hmm. but not get any concrete news or dates on that one for you at the moment. Um, anything else from this game that stands out you wanna you wanna talk about? Yeah, Downs unable to keep the ball down. Yeah, he did <laughs> an absolute though. storming ball into the box, and he should have buried it. I want to say it wasn't long after half time, wasn't it? And. He just needs to tap it in, really. He's kind of on a penalty spot. There is defenders in the way, but I think he's got plenty of options to pick pick the net out. But he just yeah. blazes it over the bar. Oh, cool. I to mean, fair, it's I literally think... rolled. Sorry, early. It's it's rolled between three players. He's got three players in front of him and one either side of him, um, and he just skies it over the bar. Yeah. To be and fair, you just it, need to pick a, a spot move. here at time. Yeah, hit, pick a time, pick a spot, and just put it in the put it in. Yeah, that's so why I, I think, think that, that would uh, change change the game a little bit then as well because yeah. we've got sorry Lee, that's right. <laughs> I can see Lee laughing. Um, yeah, I, like I think it would change it a little bit. Um, get us back into the game at that point after being three one down at half time. You know, go on Lee. Sorry, it's because I'm behind again, isn't it? And I was jumping in a gap, and then um, no, but that, that's that's why that goal before half time was massive because I think the way we played in the second half, um, like the Downs chance, he should have scored, and Laird had one deflected onto the post, didn't he? I think you know we probably could have come away with a draw, especially if we went two one at half time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that that goal at half time killed us, but I think they played really well in that game against Fulham, who were saying are going to be challenging. And they didn't really look out of place. The only difference was uh, was the finishing. Yeah. And they've got, you know, what, £20 million striker. Yeah, exactly. I think you are right. Like, Down should bury that chance. And 3-2 is even an interest in, you know, last half hour or whatever it would have been. Just look at the Luton game. It's just that motivation it can give you. It can give you the momentum, the, like, adrenaline you need to just push on. Like, take a few more risks. Look at all the goals we scored against Luton after the first one goes in and people have got a bit of confidence. All of them are outside the box. So shows you anything can happen when you when you think things are going your way. Um, and led it in the woodwork. I mean, that was from a deflection, uh, which I think took it towards goal more than it was going to go originally. 
but you take you know you, you gotta you gotta make the chance and take the shot to get that opportunity um but yeah I think Fulham I was fully expecting to go there lose that game I think they're gonna be one of the top teams I don't think we're gonna challenge for playoffs this year I've said all along mid table so it was good to you know we didn't get it looked like at some point when you looked at the score, it, maybe we were getting a bit turned over, but it, it wasn't really like that. And we came up in the second half, being three-one down, and actually put in you know a good effort to try and get back into the game. It did fizzle out a little bit, I think, after we made the substitutions, which I have got maybe one last note to say, and this will continue into the derby game. But again, like I don't know, we got a lot of midfielders, but why? why out of all of them, Corey Smith playing in that cam position, like Felton and Walsh can't get on a pitch at the moment. I just yeah, I don't get that. I don't get like I'm not I'm not saying I dislike Corey Smith, but I for me personally, he was bottom of the pecking order with all the midfielders. So and and none of them, none of them is their natural position, but I think I would play both Felton and Walsh ahead of Smith in that role. Yeah. I, just, I just can't see I'd say minimum Fulton. Yeah, but Walsh, he, <laughs> Walsh has got a little bit of a creative eye on him. You know, he's tried in there in a couple of games. Um, he's played some nice passes, but I don't know whether the managing is like, because he's quite injury prone, whether they're managing him a little bit. But um, And then Latabodia again, turning into a right wing back, it's just not for me. It's just not. No, I that, know it's kind of no, not many options, but um, and I guess Led must have been, oh, it was Bidwell I went off, sorry. No, this is this is it. I found it weird. You bring in Latabodier on, you put him in you put him in right back, you put Led left back, whereas you've got Manning in centre back and Norton in centre back. Why would you not put Manning left back and Latabodier in centre back and keep Led on the right? Or put Norton on the right, put Led on the left and put Latabodier in centre back. I just don't really get it. You trust Laddie as centre back? More than I trust Over Norton the centre back, yeah. But do you trust? Do you trust him? Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't you trust Norton more than? All right, but maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> all right, all right. If we're like defending and win the lead, then maybe not. But when we're trying to get back into a game when we're two goals down, I don't think he's going to come and create anything from right wing back. Yeah, the pro- the problem is the way we said about our wing backs basically as a front three at the moment, isn't it? When they're attacking, if Latabodia is on that wing. He's, he's just not. He just doesn't do anything. Like he gets into good positions sometimes and doesn't. It's because he's just like, not create his brain. anything. He hasn't got that sort of like. You've got a centre back there playing on yeah. the wing, essentially, haven't you? Yeah. Like you can't really so blame it's... him. It's not his fault. It's like he has programmed all his training throughout his football career to be stopping teams scoring the other side and maybe scoring their header on a corner, not trying to create chances from the wing and the corner flag. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he can't think yeah. quick enough, like, what he needs to do in that position. And as much as I was saying earlier about people are learning new things in this new system, that's a massive thing for him to learn how to play that position, like, and just be good at it. Like, we need to create goals at the moment. The system relies heavily on the wing-backs, and he's going to come in for criticism because it's just not happening and it's not going to happen. It's understandable why it isn't, but I just don't understand why he's there. That's that's just me, though. I don't really yeah. get it. No, I'm with you on that one because we went to Brighton, didn't we? And sometimes with him with him wing back and Smith as one of the two, he tends to be on the right-hand side of the two. Like, sometimes they're the furthest two players forward. 
like yeah. Latavodier and Corey Smith and just thinking, how are we going to score goals? Yeah, there was, there was one like... counter-attack where it got played through to those two. Yeah. And we were there like, oh, well, we're not scoring. <laughs> nothing yeah. happened. Literally, so nothing I, happened. I don't get it. You think, like, I, I can understand the way he's trying to play. If, you, if he's going to insist on playing two wing-backs high up and two behind, that's fine. But I just think there's better options that he's actually got there to play in there. I'd literally play yeah. Felton there over Latvodia. But even if you play, even if you play Cullen or Whitaker in there as attacking players, well, he did Kyle Joseph on the right wing back. So, I mean, if he if was Whittaker, if Whitaker's struggling to get a game, why can't he try him there? Oh no, I mean as as the two behind rather than. Oh yeah, yeah, back. yeah. Obviously, as, as the two behind, I think Whitaker's quite a no-brainer for fitting into that slot if he's around or if he's in the squad. But even if he's not. For that role, if he doesn't see him as that role and want to play him in that role, yeah. even the right wing back position, if he's going to try someone like Kyle Joseph there who's gone unknown to like League One, why can't he try Whitaker there? If he's going to like take people on, like mm. a bit like you know, Led does do stuff like that, um, yeah. why can't he put Whitaker there and have a bit more attacking threat, especially when we're behind? If we're defending a lead, like I said, fair enough, Palati there because he's going to be a little bit more defensively inclined, that's fine, yeah. But maybe not when we're chasing a two-goal deficit. Like I don't really understand it. But anyway, that's a little gripe for me, and it's going to continue into the derby game. So I guess I won't discuss it for that one because it's the same conversation. But um, the other thing is, yeah, Cullen came on. I don't think he did. He needs a goal. But um, can I can I ask though? Like Cullen came on, right? Fair enough. He didn't rip up trees when he came on. But it just seems to be like if Cullen doesn't play well. Or like doesn't do anything, then everybody's like, oh, Cullen is absolutely shit, and Whitaker is so much better, and Whitaker needs to play. Yeah. Now, for me, I can understand maybe it's one or the other, so you compare the two of them. For me, like Whitaker's no better than Cullen. No, like neither of them are. Need for me, neither of them are good enough for this level at the moment. But it seems like Whitaker's stock goes up because he doesn't play. Yeah. But when he has played, I know he, he scored the hat trick against Plymouth. <laughs> He scored the hat-trick against Plymouth, fair enough. He got on the end and finished him, well, fair enough. But apart from that, I don't think he's done very well. We went to Brighton and I thought he was crap. Yeah, he was rubbish at Brighton. No, you Not are right. Like Callum didn't I thought he was a, rubbish. He didn't have enough, Callum didn't have an awful game when he came on against Fulham, to be honest. He did all right. He didn't set, you know, put up any trees, but he didn't do anything awful either. But I'm just saying he does need a goal just to shut people up in a way. Oh, he does need a goal, yeah. That would be uh, he good. Did, he did have a decent... Chance in the derby game, if I yeah, remember. I, I was going to say, I got more to say oh. on him in the derby game, but yeah, people are on his back a little bit at the moment. I, I was actually watching the game while in Benjamin Bloom's live stream for this for Fulham, and it was a Swansea fan in there. As soon as Cullen came on, saying he was a waste of space, and then I think he must he missed a chance, so he lost possession once, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's awful." So I, I was just there, like, I think he's had a decent game so far. He did a couple of good passes, um, you know. He, he works hard, doesn't he? Like, I'm looking at his stats now. So he came on in the 68th minute and he made two key passes. So that's not awful, really. You look at Corey yeah. Smith who started in that position and he didn't make any keys passes. So already highlighting a little bit more attacking intent there for me. Yeah. Like, he was only on the pitch 20 minutes. I don't know, key passes don't mean anything unless you score a goal. But I guess he's creating something. Someone else had to finish it, not him. I quite like Cullen in the two behind. 
Um, and we'll come on to it in the derby game when you come on up front. Yeah. Uh, I quite like him in the two behind. I think he's done all right. Like He played a lovely ball to Pro in the Preston game. He got the assist for that goal. I think he's got a nice, he's just got a nice touch. Um, I think he needs more game time for that to work. But I'm just getting frustrated at the moment, like just with the Whitaker thing that everyone seems to think that Whitaker is the golden answer now to our goal scoring problems. Um, but it's like he hasn't played, but by him not playing, it seems that he's better than he is. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think he offers, he doesn't offer anything different than what Cullen does. In a, in a way, I feel like they're both sort of not kind of underdeveloped for the level that we need them to play at, if that makes sense. Oh, I um, think they agree. It's a system know, as but, well, though, I think. It doesn't really lend yeah. itself to naturally just something they're learning. And I think with Whitaker especially, I don't really know his position. So we don't know his position. We didn't know it under Steve Cooper, and we don't know it now. So, like, he's mm. not going to be striker ahead of Pirro, is he? And if he's not a like, left go right cam, then... That's why he's not in the squad. One thing I do have to say about the sort of Liam Cullen, Corey Smith thing is, if you look at the, the 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 heat map of the Fulham game, I know Smith had a you know a lot more minutes played, but when you look at it in in the twenty two minutes Cullen played, he was right around the eighteen yard for a lot of it, whereas Smith was a lot more around the sort of. Uh, midfield area. Yeah, but that's because um, he's a midfielder, and naturally that's where he will go. Whereas Callum yeah, exactly. is a striker, and naturally he'll push forward. That's literally yeah. why that's I don't want to play Corey Smith in that position. That's literally the reason. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't naturally think, and and he hasn't scored a goal for us. And he's had a couple of golden opportunities. He had one against Bristol last season, and he had one. Who was it? Was it Brighton? And he should Brighton have, he just should scored. have scored, and he just placed it over the bar because he just yeah. he's not composed in that situation because he's hardly ever in that situation so you just just not for me anyway we've spoken enough about that just to finalize the Fulham game we actually outpossessed them which you know as much as possession doesn't mean anything I think it's always a good sign when you can do it against teams that are going to be right up there as much as we didn't win the game which we've already discussed that we had 62% possession away at Fulham so like it just shows that they have taken a lot of this new system on board for me. We do need to get better at finishing and creating chances, although I think that is coming. We'll talk about that in the derby game now. But in terms of the like passing football, I feel like that's kind of like there now. There is obviously tweaks and you can always get better, but you know we need to focus on other areas now, not necessarily keeping the ball. Because if we can go away to Fulham and get 62% possession, then you know, you're doing something right there. Um, seven shots we had in this game to Fulham's 10. So again, it's not the worst statistic versus the other team. But then again, this is where the problem is. Seven of Fulham's were on target and only one of ours was on target. So that's kind of the key highlights I want to raise from this game. Um, I mean, Fulham's keeper didn't have to make a save and ours made four. So again... We had one big chance, they had three. We obviously didn't score a big chance. so That's probably... Oh, no, we did. We did score it. It was um, the one goal we scored, I'd imagine. Anyway, that's enough on the following game. Let's move on to Derby. So, a nil-nil this one. So, I guess one one thing is a positive, that we went away again, but didn't concede a goal. We kind of fixed our defensive problems. I say fixed. Like, we've done a bit better defensively than we did against Fulham. You'd argue maybe you should do better, because it's Derby, not Fulham. 
Although I will, I will say I've seen a lot of people on on Facebook, on Twitter, being like, "Oh, we should be doing better against the team bottom of the league." Let's just not, you know, no swings around about you, but they wouldn't be bottom of the league without a nine point deduction. They'd actually be ahead of us. So that's false. Like they're only down there because of their deduction. They'd be level as with us. We thought they were going to finish down there. We thought they had a poor squad and whatever. There's this stuff going on at the club. It seems to have galvanised them. So we need to take that into consideration. Like they went into administration and went and then went and beat Stoke. So you know the the players are out there trying their hardest to play for the club. So it's not necessarily like an easy game for anyone. Um, we we're not like entitled to go there and win just because of their situation. So whatever comments about that, it's just silly. Anyway. Obviously, back to the negatives, and we didn't score a goal. So, we'll touch on that. I'll, I'll start with the statistics this time, because we just finished on the last game with them. 76% possession in this one. So, again, you could question, like, you know, what good is having all the ball if you can't score a goal? But unlike, I think, large parts of Steve Cooper's reign, especially the second half of last season, and even much of this season so far, we did create a lot of chances in this game. So we actually had 15 shots, um, and I believe I saw somewhere that we had 10 shots inside the Derby penalty area, it, which, you know, that's that's a decent number. Again, however, though, only two were on target, so that that's a problem. We're just not clinical. We're not shooting on target to, like, score a goal. We're not finding the net. <laughs> yeah. Derby had six shots with five on target, so again, a lot less opportunities, but still managing to find five on target. However... Three of those came at the same time. And yeah, I think this is the not... highlight of the game for me. Ben Hayes triple save. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the best chance of the game though. Yeah. I think. That was the most clear cut chance of the game was Darby's chance. Yeah, and that came from Corey Smith giving the ball away cheaply. Uh, <laughs> just picking the ball up in his unnatural position and trying to play it back to a centre back who wasn't there, basically. You, you... Do you feel the same about Corey Smith the way I feel about Danda? That's what I'm getting. No, because I'm I, mean, I don't, no, I don't, yeah, because I don't yeah. mind Corey Smith when he plays <laughs> in his position, but he's not. Yeah, I'd rather Danda be on the pitch. Smith is you like in the midfielder like position that he's natural in. I guess you can't complain. Night, I'm going to say about eighty percent of the time. Ninety percent of the time, you get you can't complain. <laughs> but, like a defensive-minded yeah. midfielder, like that's his, that's his role. So yeah. I yeah. don't, I don't see how we're relying on him to create chances. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, we I said we won't touch too much on him in this game because it's the same issues as what we just discussed same as Latipodia because he started right wing back in this one which I'm guessing Led is just a bit tired um, he's yeah, played he all, break, all the games so far not every right back has got as much energy as Connor Roberts I don't know how you <laughs> by the end of last season I don't know how you're still walking to be honest yeah um, but yeah Hamer, triple save, all from Tom Lawrence as well. So, like, they're all kind of from a left, cute angle. Um, sort of, I think, one of the centre-backs does well. I think it might be Norton, actually, to close the angle off a little bit, which does yeah. mean Lawrence has got to shoot kind of directly at Hamer, but he's still got to get up off the floor twice and save the next shot twice. 
so it's a triple save and it is it is a good good bit of work from him and I guess that's the reason why he's kind of in the sticks ahead of Bender at the moment. Um how do you feel about that anyway? How do you feel about that the competition there? On net? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I was someone said something the other day and I can't remember, it might have been true because some people were saying that maybe Hamer was first choice all along, but then he had COVID, didn't he? And um, and not having a proper preseason, then maybe put Bender in there. Um, yeah. It seems to be, I don't know, it just seems to be so much more solid now with Hamer in there. Um, I can't, I can't imagine that he's asked Hamer to play any differently than what Bender was. So was all well, that crazy be sort of same money? They'd be like yeah, exactly. So we're all that crazy sort of. Stuff that he was doing, like you know, passing wayward all the time and coming out for like forty yards out of his goal. Um, if that was just sort of Ender's own twist on it. Well, I mean, the different every goalkeeper is going to be different and have a different kind of style, and they. So I think maybe there will yeah. be differences with their unique playing style, and you know, Russell Martin will be happy for them to put their like if if for example Hamer is doesn't feel comfortable doing more of a sweeper keeper role, maybe. Martin's fine with that. Maybe Bender's more comfortable with it. To get me, um, and I yeah. would also say like we're judging Bender, who played right at the start of the season when the whole team was getting used to this new passing run the back and all that sort of stuff. So maybe he was being put under more pressure than he needed to be. Doesn't mean he made the right decisions, mind. But maybe Hamer hasn't had as much of that because the rest of the team around him is getting more comfortable with those situations as well again into the right positions and giving him more options and you're not seeing the same it's not the same like part of the process to sort of judge him directly in that regard like I think I think Bender did a right didn't he against Brighton when we went up there the other night yeah so yeah he was decent yeah he's still young as well I think like Hamer's got like 10 years on him hasn't he so it's uh did did either of them really have much game time last year though as well uh, no, neither, really. Right. You know, so you, I know obviously they didn't have a preseason, really, but you also have to consider that as well is how much game time have they had yeah. before, before preseason? Yeah. Um, you know. Let's go back to the start of this game anyway, because Matt Grimes nearly scored out of a goal. Um, yeah, I thought it was in. Mm. It, was a cla- it was one of them classic sort of like. When you've kind of got to shoot because you've got nothing else on, and you nearly score as a result of it. Whereas if you had a little bit more time, you probably would never a shot. Yeah, because I think somebody plays the ball in. It might be um, Led who plays the ball across, either Led or Smith. Actually, I can't remember, but uh, not Led because Led wasn't on the pitch. Led was One of the ones on the right. Someone plays the ball across anyway to Grimes, but uh, it might be Latty. Yeah, it might be, but it was kind I of think a bit it's of Latty. a. He was kind of a bit of a hospital pass because he couldn't do anything with it. He was running onto it. It wasn't kind of to his feet. And at the same time, the defenders were running onto him. So there was literally, there wasn't any space. And he kind of just finesses it um, around the player who's running on. And it just goes whiskers wide of the left post. Um, it was a really good effort, actually, from outside the box. But like, if he had more space there, I don't think he probably would have tried that. So sometimes it's just a classic example of just having a go. Like, sometimes you can get a reward out of it but um, it was enforced that he had a go and he nearly got reward but unfortunately not for us So talking about Latty earlier and not having that sort of creative 
um, you know, being a centre back and all. He's actually taken on two players, stepped inside, and then uh, like laid it off to uh, Grimes to yeah, for, yeah. for that shot. He, he did all right. Like he's all, he's <laughs> going to do some decent things, but it's just not. It's not going to be as consistent and as like natural. Um, and actually, I was listening to the highlights, and I'm sure a lot of people would have. And Lee Trundle actually mentioned himself that he's he's too slow at thinking about what he needs to do in those positions, yeah. and he doesn't go to like the byline enough, or he doesn't go to like. You know that he doesn't go wide enough and play on the line, whether that's the corner line or the throwing line, where you kind of need to in those areas to create gaps and chances. Um, it's just not natural to him. That's that's the bottom line. It's it's not trying to knock him, but um, I think we should have also scored Jake Bidwell. We did a little bit of work down the left, and Piro, who is on the byline, actually plays it back into the box with Bidwell running through, kind of gets through one on one with the keeper, but. It's a straight out. Yeah. It's a good save, to be fair, though. At the same time, but it is, it was... it is a good save. But he needs to hit it not at the keeper. I think he needs to put it far post rather than near post, because he, he tries to play it like he didn't even go near post in the end. He literally kicked it at him. Yeah. Like it, it, there was a gap on the near post. Yeah, kicked found... him at him at the near post. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, I th- I think he's going to try and go for far. But yeah, he definitely think needs to do better there. Yeah. Um, and the, the last kind of like big chance that I recall that we should have done better with Liam Cullen coming on as a substitute again. There's a bit well cross and it kind of lands at his feet, but he can't he can't get contact. I feel like if he does get contact, that's a certain goal. Yeah. That was the big now. chance, wasn't it? Yeah, that was our big chance. It was frustrating, and that's usually the sort of chance that Cullen thrives on as well. Coming late into the box or running onto a ball yeah. into the box, and kind yeah. of like a poacher's goal. Yeah, I mean he's done. He's done well to get into the position. He's done everything right. It's just his timing was off. I think the ball bounces like at his feet. Yeah, he doesn't quite judge it right. Yeah, and it bounces up into. I think it's actually Smith, and he just can't react and get his head on it. So he just sort of like just goes like a limp, freaking dolphin dive type thing, and the ball just goes up into yeah. the keeper. Yeah, that, that, it was gone after Cullen missed it. The second part of that wasn't really it wasn't a chance from the angle that that header came, but um, it's not going to do Cullen's haters. Uh, like it's not going to help him out there with missing that sort of chance. Uh, Led came off the bench. I think he made a difference when he came on. Lee, you'll probably be able to give more insight in, in that. I think um, Morgan Whitaker actually had a run out as well, making the bench for the first time in a long time on a, in a league game. But in the 88th minute, it seemed a bit pointless coming on for Corey Smith there. Um, and Felton and Walsh didn't make the pitch again. I'm getting a bit concerned of Felton, especially not getting much game time. Yeah, I think Felton is going to go, isn't he? At some point, he's definitely not in his uh, his immediate plans anyway. But he he's been captain in when Grimes isn't there, so it's a bit. Um... I actually don't know who the vice captain is at the moment. Do you know who it is? Is there maybe something? Sorry, is there something maybe? Although he's making it on the bench, I was going to say, uh, is there maybe the, an on. underlying injury or something like that 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 would just be putting him on the bench? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a case of Grimes is captain. He wants to build a team around him. He's brought in Downs himself. He's a player that he wanted, so they're the two starting in that role. And then Felton had the season beginning, didn't he? he had like 
a red card, so he missed the first three games. And I think that's just he's on the back foot as a result of that. Downs has been really good since he's been in that team. Yeah. I don't think you can drop Grimes and then how do you get him in the pitch? But he's not coming off the bench, which is the main thing for me. And like I said, I would even play him ahead of Smith in that position. But obviously Russell Martin thinks that Smith's the best option there, so Yeah, I I think um I think it's more of a case that Downs has been excellent. I think he's been a great signing for us, he's been brilliant. And I think he's keeping him out of the team. But like you said, um not bringing him off the bench much, I think. Uh, I, I think it seems like he's done. I think he's not in his plans because uh, everyone else seems to be coming on ahead of him. Well, he came off the bench against uh, Huddersfield, I believe. But um, maybe it's too soon to say he's done because Walsh, as well, has in the last. It's been the same for him. He hasn't come off the bench in the last few games. Obviously, he's a new sign-in as well. Um, we'll have to wait and see. And you know, it could it can change pretty quick. Like if. He could he could come come into the team have a really good game and then finally stay in there. But I I hope that he's not done because I feel like yeah I wouldn't want him to go yet. Him with him not coming off the bench though is that because Russell is trying to prioritize other people and rotation of other people in attempts to get that goal in you know to get that win. Um, yeah, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because like Whitaker haven't made the bench for like most of the season, and he is here, but he comes on as well. I guess he comes on because he is that option for that role. But then coming on in the eightieth minute, eighty-eight. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, but then it's but, like Reese Williams hasn't been around the match they squad for the last couple yeah, of years either. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've got to look at it when you have like different regimes. Like um, I like I say about like. And uh, like all the managers that have gone through the Swans, like they've all treated him the same. So it probably says a lot. And it's the same with Whitaker now. We've had, I know he's young. You had Cooper last year that would only bring him on in like the 88th minute. Ray had maybe a couple of starts last year, but he would only bring him on late. And he was tending to start Cullen a bit more, especially towards the end of the season. And now we're sort of seeing that trend with Russell Martin as well. Cullen seems to be ahead of him. Um, I think it probably says a lot. Like they see them day in, day out. Um, you know, Whitaker's making the bench sometimes, sometimes not. Um, and Cullen seems to be either starting or on the bench. So um, that says a lot to me. I think maybe he thinks he's not good enough yet. Uh, Russell Mann did come out and say in his interview um, that he's had a conversation with Whitaker and Whitaker's fully aware of why he's not been in the squad. Didn't go into details about why, but. Uh, he's appeared now, so he said like I think this was after the after this game. So he's saying like, obviously he's been working on what he needs to work on, and he has been showing improvements, which is why he got included in this one. So, okay, so he's not been good enough. Yeah. Is in terms of like a striker other than Perot, who who have we got that could go on the bench other than Cullen. like oh, Cullen and Winterger really? Oh, oh yeah, Obafemi. Yeah, yeah, he's injured. I forgot about it's annoying that Obafemi has <laughs> been injured. Be good to have him back to have Anne and Cham to have. We keep saying it to have Perot and Cham and Obafemi fit. Have those three fit? I think will be a massive difference. Well, I believe they should all be for the derby. Let's hope. Anyway, any final thoughts on the derby game before we move on? Lee, I think you watched it fully, didn't you? So. Yeah, really frustrating. I think I don't know when I watched the game. I didn't get the feeling that we. We had 15 shots. 
like the two shots on target, I can believe. I sort of it sort of mirrored, you know, like the Millwall game of home and the whole game of home where we had all of the ball and just like we had a couple of chances but didn't take them. That it was just, it was exactly the same as that for me. Um, that's the sort of game it was like we didn't seem to create a bucket load of really good chances. We had a couple of half chances. We're not creating like real clear cut chances. The amount of ball that we have, um, whether that's you know like we said maybe a lack of creative players behind the striker, maybe we're lacking one in that area. But yeah, um, it's a little bit concerning at the moment. But the signs are there. That, the signs are there that it will get better. Yeah, but I think we are improving game on game. It's still very very early days. I think like after Christmas is when. Okay, let's start seeing where we actually are right now. Um, and the second half, I've maintained all the way through that the second half will be better than the first half and we'll be comfortable somewhere mid-table after that. But, yeah. you know, only time will tell. But I still think it's too early for, like, some people on social media are starting to, like, hit the panic button and all the rest of it. But I don't, I can't see us going down, famous last words, but I can't see us going down. Um, Redden are expecting to have a points deduction as well. I'm not saying that they will necessarily finish below us, but with Derby as well, with that deduction, you know, teams like Peterborough and Hull are struggling, Barnsley struggling now. I just think we've got enough to stay up, but time will tell. Like, I don't want to jinx it or anything. Um, even Cardiff, like, if they don't sort themselves out, they could be in trouble. Like, we're saying how bad we have been and we have been and we know scoring goals is our issue but when you look at the last five games and we I'm directly comparing us with Cardiff two reasons they're our closest you know they're our next match they're our nearest rival and they're also next to us in the league table so we are 19th they are 20th looking at the form the last five games we have had one loss and we have had six points Okay, in the last five games for Cardiff, they have had zero points and five losses. So, six points is a big difference, even over a five-game period. are still over one point per game, which theoretically should be enough to keep you in the league. Just about. Just about, but it still keeps you here. And we said this was a transition year, and we need to go into next season where we fully focus then on, on the play style and we got a bit of a team that is Russell Martins and he's, they're doing what he wants this year is building that and and I maintain the points per game will be better in the second half of the season I, I fully believe that will be the case but um, you know riding out the rough part at the moment it has to be yeah. I don't know if we're doing the uh, how's the process going are we going to do that later uh, we'll touch on that later but we'll move on now okay. so um, I just want a quick look at the championship so like I said where we are, we're 19th in the table. Bournemouth are leading the way, 25 points. Uh, their form is very good. They haven't lost the game yet. I sure we put them second, did we? No, I think we had them to win the league, didn't we? Did we put Bournemouth to win in the end? I think we did, yeah. Could I think we did. Could have, should have put money on that, maybe. They're flying yeah, at have. the moment. Yeah, I think I'm sure we did. I'm sure we had Bournemouth because I remember saying that. Actually, I think I remember I had Bournemouth, and I had to convince you of it. Yeah, I think so. Has Jamal Lowe done anything since he's been there? I've not heard of him. I've not heard of him doing anything. Don't even know if he's playing, <laughs> is he? 
Sorry, um, the way you worded them. that made you sound like you, who the hell's Jamal Lowe? Apparently he's played... <laughs> it's a, this is probably across both teams because he did play some for Swans. Played 10, started 3. I feel like the 3 starts could have come here, though. Came off the bench on Saturday on 88 minutes like Whitaker. He hasn't scored. Oh. I mean, he won't care if they go up, though, will he? Let's be honest. So, oh, he did score. He'd be coming straight back. It doesn't matter. He would have still been able to play in the Prem. He won't play in the Prem if they get promoted. He still has a medal for getting promoted, whereas he hasn't here. So, he probably won't regret it, is what I'm saying. He's probably on more money yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, um, someone who did score uh, for sorry different team for Sheffield is uh, Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, let's not talk. Oh, he's, he's banging the goals <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, it's upsetting. Although they lost the last two games, haven't they? So their little resurgence of form has stuttered a little bit, and they are only one yeah. point ahead of us. Yeah. So again, another bit of perspective. Look at Sheffield United's squad, and they're one point ahead of us in 14th place in the league. So that's all it is at the moment. It really isn't the end of the world yet. Like, we're not that far away. Um, speaking of Sheffield, yeah, they lost to Bournemouth, so I guess that is a tricky game. But the other game, I think, was um, Middlesbrough, where they lost 2 0 2, which is not a good result, because I think uh, they've been struggling. Warnock was under a bit of pressure. Um, yeah, but the, the league is ridiculous. Try and bet on the championship. Like, um, you know, Fulham were good against us on Wednesday, you know, this, you know, with Mitrovic, 3-1. And Coventry had lost 5-0 to Luton. And then Coventry beat Fulham 4-1 then. Yeah, How do you crazy. predict this league? It's so competitive. I was going to touch on so the Luton result because that was crazy, the 5-0. Five, five I was making jokes. Someone said they'd gone 3-0 up and I was like, let's hope they don't finish half-time 3-0 because they will be bricking it second half. But um, they went on and actually secured the three points this time they thought okay if we score another two goals they definitely won't come back <laughs> yeah um, yeah so Luton and like they've been scoring for fun but they've been also conceding for fun and they're only in 13 they're, they're only three points ahead of us but they, they've scored 18 goals which I know is a lot you know that's twice as many as we've scored um, but they've conceded 16 which is actually only two more than us but the point is I mean- like you see these big results, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're that far ahead of you in terms of quality or whatever. Yeah. Um, what it's one bad game for the opposition team, and they've just gone out there and absolutely destroyed them on that yeah, day. I still keep saying with us, with the amount of ball that we have and the amount of you know, sort of half chances that we're creating at the moment, I have no doubt that one game we are just going to absolutely destroy someone. Yeah, it's just a shame. And all, and all the luck's going to fall our way. All the luck's going to fall our way. Then we're going to get the bounce of the ball and we're going to win like 3 4 nil, 5 yeah. nil at some point. It's just a shame that you went on record and said that was going to be against Fulham, really, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It is coming. It's coming, but I don't know when. Um, I mean, one, one notable game for me is Cardiff got smashed 4 nil to West Brom. God, yeah. I watched a bit of that game as well. They were all over the place. Does it fill you with any confidence with us uh, playing them soon? No, not really, because they <laughs> play like I don't know what he's doing, but he's playing like five centre halves across a back five. Um, it's really weird. Like, so it would, yeah. Well, mind you, we're we're playing like three full backs, aren't we? 
Yeah. So it's just the complete well, opposite. Look, it's not. It's no centre backs and there's no full backs anymore. They're just defenders. They just go somewhere. Yeah. But uh, I think it's just the like the sort of the perfect setup that which is the complete opposite. We've got like sort of natural full backs playing at the back. They've just got all centre backs playing across the back five. Yeah. It's just yeah contrasting styles again. Um, here's one for you then. Steve Cooper has got off to a flying start as Nottingham Forest boss with a without losing a game. Two wins. Um, I think it's the two games he's played. Three. Three games. So a draw and two wins. Um, the last game, which they won 3 0 against Birmingham, who they've been dropping down the table. I thought they were going to have a. You know, they started off quite well, but they haven't won in the last five games, Birmingham. I was uh, raving about Tanith Chong at the start of the season. Doesn't seem like he's having that much of a big impact after all. But um, yeah, so they won 3 0 against Birmingham City. Barnsley won. Who. who no, they won three 0 against Birmingham. Forest. Mm, no, well, I think they. Beat, oh, they, I think they played Barnsley in the week. Yeah. They, uh, they did. They, beat three one. Three one to Barnsley. Like, I'm talking uh, yeah. about the last game, which they. Ah, uh, that's the one I'm yeah, thinking of. Three yeah. 0 is Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> Birmingham looked like they had the better of the game in terms of like having the ball on that. They had more shots, they had 18 shots, 9 on target right, so Forrest won 3-0 and the keeper was a man of the match with a 9.1 rating <laughs> literally was us last year wasn't it Steve Cooper all over, yeah, it was except right, he man. didn't score 3 until like January or something yeah, but he's, he's a good manager I didn't expect any different they, he's picked yeah. them up. they are going to challenge for the playoffs I think I did have him as an underdog to get like a good finish this year. I just didn't think it'd be Steve Cooper that was going there to do. As much it. as everybody cried and moaned, like Steve Cooper is a good manager. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. He's going to. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be in around that top. Beat us twice this year, eight. and then everyone's going to cry yeah. and moan again. Yeah, well, nobody wanted him, so there we go. Still yeah, better. But they still don't. They don't want Marcel Martin now either because he's not getting wins. Even though they they do it, he's doing what they wanted Steve Cooper to do. Sure, yeah, and pass the ball around. I know, I've Feeling seen like a lot of positivity gone. though after the Fulham and Derby game. I've seen people saying a lot on Twitter like that they're playing well and it's going to come. Yeah, surprisingly, that is definitely. You a lot can't of win though, with, can you? Good, <laughs> there's people with a screw win, but then there's also a lot of people with a screw loose. I feel like a lot, just just no matter what manager, there's always people that are like out. Yeah, and definitely, definitely. Just anyway, no matter what. That's enough um, of the championship. Um, let's move on because we've been going for a while. So we've got a little bit to touch on before we finish. Um, so I want to go to Word and Wine Street, so kind of like the news section, except we haven't really got any news. But I did see kind of like a flashback that I thought was uh, worthy of uh, inclusion here. Um, this week is the anniversary five-year anniversary of the appointment of the Premier League's first American manager, Bob Bradley, <laughs> who I'm... took over Swansea in 2016, and he lasted, what? What? As 80... he, he lasted as 85 days as Swansea boss after succeeding Francesco Guidolin, who got sacked on his birthday. Um, There's so much outrage from Swans fans and pundits around the country, and after 11 games, he secured 8 points in his time here. A memorable 5-4 victory at home to Crystal Palace. And was also the second shortest Prem boss in charge ever. In terms of like time in charge, not actually height. That sounded like... The way I said that sounded like he was short, but I meant like... Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty short, wasn't he? <laughs> I, meant, I meant the second shortest time in charge in the Premier League history. <laughs> 
So, did you say you had 11 games? Need yeah. points. Yeah. Only three less than what we got now. Yeah, well, we got 11 points in 11 games. <laughs> That's a point yeah, for that game, was, uh, not 0. 0.8 that was, something. That was good times. That was good times. Bear in mind, like, we'd link got sacked um, after losing 2 1 to Man City, 2 1 uh, to Liverpool. And all the other. We played basically in our first, like, seven games, six of the top. Yeah, Guidelin should I'm, never have been sacked. Yeah, and, and Mike not. van der Hoon missed a sitter of a header literally at, at the closing moments of that Liverpool game when we would have drawn 2 all. Also, and then he got sacked the, because of, basically because he missed that header. Also, with. Um, yeah, Guidelin, I feel like. I don't know. He just wasn't given enough time, as you say. He but, was playing um, good football. We we were we were down there. Yeah. Like when he got sacked, we were down there. But like I said, we played like out of the top. Seven we were down there before we had signed six him. of them. We played six of the top seven teams in the league from the previous year at the start of that season. So it was a really hard start of the the season. Like I think we played Chelsea, we played Tottenham, we played um, maybe Man United, City, and and Liverpool were the last two games before he got sacked. Um, I, I we were playing well. Like losing two one at home to City and Liverpool is not a bad. It's not bad, is it? In the Prem, that's no, not no. really a bad. But you know, I mean, you you've got to give him the time. The first season, yeah, and you've got to give him the time then against the likes of Crystal Palace and the other teams like Burnley and all that to see if he can actually get the results. If he's still losing at that point, then okay, maybe you have got a case. But yeah, he definitely shouldn't have gone. I the other think. thing is that he's still he was still learning English, if you remember. I thought he's a good manager. I think like, when we um, the year before when he saved us from relegation, like the the week that we were safe, I think we went a beat like we, it was like a weight was lifted off our shoulders a little bit. We went away to West Ham and like one four one. Yeah, on their last Saturday game in Upton Park. Yeah, we were playing good football. You were outstanding he, in that game. Yeah, he was. It, it he was, he well. was a good manager. <laughs> I love how we were playing well. Bradley to Greenland. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, she definitely, definitely the better, better manager of the two, mind you, was was Greenland. Yeah, but he was, they just they just got rid of him because he wasn't American. We all know that's the case. Um, just that should shame. never have happened. Because I think he was, yeah, and like you know, he brought in Lorente and he brought in Baston. Maybe Baston's career at Swansea would have been different if uh, yeah. if this, you know, I know I know he scored his first goal for Swansea under Bob Bradley uh, against Arsenal. I think we lost yeah. that game three one. The thing is about Bob Bradley as well. I do feel a bit sorry for him because I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think mm. maybe he's not Premier League level, but he came in in a really really tough set of circumstances. Like you, you're never going to turn the job down. You're always going to back yourself to do the job, but you're coming into a fanfare of people who think you only got it because you're a nationality. Everyone thinks you're a bit of a clown. Everything everyone thinks you're a bit of a joke. So how do you think the players are going to react to that as well? They've seen all this media. You know, it's a bit of a shit show, really. So he had a, like, he was in an unwinnable situation. And to be honest, right, we were playing in the games under him. At the start of the match, we would go to whatever match it was. This was quite a common trend. You obviously couldn't fix the trend. But um, we were playing good. We were playing good at the start of the game. We were creating chances. Barrow was flying up the wing. Uh, That was probably his best period. He was ripping teams up. Barrow was... And we would be on top of every team. Then they would score. <laughs> and then we would fall <laughs> apart. <laughs> Literally every single game. I think one of them was against Middlesbrough away and like Negredo scored a couple of goals or something. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, uh, I, he was he was doomed to fail anyway, wasn't he? Like you said, yeah. but but I mean, you we'll always remember that it was chaos, game. wasn't it? The palace game, yeah, a palace game. That's like one mental. for the you know when they show them them classic Premier League matches on Sky yeah. Sports sometimes. That's always going to yeah. be one one up there. Like I just yeah. remember Lorente scoring two. I think he came off the bench, didn't he, in that game? It was kind of like yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because that was another one, because he wouldn't play Lorente. Lorente was playing under Guidolin, and then um, one game, I think we had Everton away, and Lorente wasn't even in the squad. Yeah. He just stopped playing him. And then really? look how good he was when Clement came in and played him. Yeah, I mean, do you remember, I think it was Olsen putting the crosses on his head, and then obviously when Clement came in, Tom Carroll did Liverpool in the day. That was, that was quality. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's enough on Big Bob. Bob. Just thought it was an interesting also, I, um, topic. I Go checked on, his height when when you mentioned. Check his height. Yeah, I checked his height. He's uh he's he's six foot two and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not definitely not one of the shortest managers by height. Then uh, decent <laughs> decent height. There. Okay, looking ahead then. So obviously the next match is Swansea against Cardiff. Um, just a question: Are the tickets sold out for that? Have they gone on sale? I'm not sure. I tried looking earlier and I couldn't see if they were available, but I haven't been checking. They might have already gone. Probably sold out. I know it's imagine. very, very unlikely to get one, but I just thought I'd have a look on the whim. But the only tickets I could see on the Swans ticket office was Elton John. <laughs> oh, there we are. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, look, we've got international break now, so we'll have an episode next week probably, and I think we'll try and dedicate that to the Derby. But I do want to just ask one simple question. Is Mick McCarthy in trouble? If he loses this game, is it curtains? Because if I think yes. it's six losses in a row for Cardiff. In the league. Although, do you want him to get sacked and then they possibly have that boost from having a new manager? Or do you want them to continue with this, the bad manager and get relegated? It's not about what I want, is it? But like, <laughs> sorry, they've, they've lost the last five in a row. However, they've lost seven out of their last eight games. Yeah, I yeah, simply yes. If they lose the derby, I think he goes. So, like, after that bad run, I think this game is like... Yeah. I mean, I, but I then also, it could go the other way. If they win it, it could go the other way. I but... could turn around. But I, I, I don't know if... I don't know what happened to Mike Flynn. Did you see, like, he was leaving Newport, wasn't he? He just announced that he was having his last game... On yeah. Saturday, so you didn't get Randomly. sacked. Did he? he just went. No, they. You never see it. You never see that happen with a manager. They said he's leaving, and Saturday's going to be his last game. I read somewhere that he was getting frustrated with something, so perhaps he just thinks he's, he can't do anything else. Yeah, maybe a strange only like eleven games into the season or whatever it is. Wonder if he's going to go Cardiff. I hope. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the. I. I'm expect. I was expecting. What still might happen? I was expecting Cardiff to sack. McCarthy I in the international break and bring in. It'd be brave to sack him now. I think. We 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 did, we did it. Remember, we sacked Loudrop before the Cardiff came and Monk came in. Yeah, but at least we brought in a club legend who knew what the game meant. Yeah. Although I guess Flynn would probably know because he's Welsh. I don't, I I don't know. I don't. I I think I don't think they'll sack him before the derby. Now I'd be surprised. Nah, I think if they, they do. would have done it straight after the game. Yeah, um, the but game. I think if if they lose the derby. Um, Especially after the international break as well. Yeah, he's gone, I think, if, um, if he lose the derby. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. 
They're struggling to score as well, by the way. So Kiefer Moore's not having a great season. Uh, after well, I say more than half their goals have been scored by the centre back, centre backs. Um, yeah. Aidan Flint specifically seems to have yep. scored quite a few of their goals. Let's see if I can find out specifically how much. Let's see, they've scored twelve goals, and Aidan Flint has scored four. Not quite half, but third. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't score again against us. Yeah, we probably will. Morrison scored two, so there we are. There's two centre backs who scored fifty percent of their goals. I mean, yeah. if what Lee said is right, where they're playing like five defenders, does it surprise you? Well, yeah, it's gonna be like every still, home still game. Still in set pieces, isn't it? It's not like they're scoring from open play. It's gonna be every. It's gonna be like every home game. I think they're gonna sit back, aren't they? Like everyone has it's so far. It's like the same as every time we play Cardiff in the last like ten years <laughs> or longer. But that's why that's why it's one of the best derbies because it's the contrast in playing styles as well. Always has been. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens on that one. So let's move on to the last topic of the podcast then. So so we have touched on it kind of. It's sort of like an accumulation of several things we've discussed. We're only going to touch on it briefly. We might look into it in more detail another time, maybe after a few more games. Uh, but how is the process going so far? Everyone always says trust the process. Obviously, you know, we are lingering in the lower depth of depths of the league. So Lee, what do you think? How is the process going so far? I am um, like from the start of the season, like you, we've said that it's definitely going to come good sort of second half of the season. I can see what he's trying to implement. I think the football's been a hundred times better. You can already see he's brought that passing style in, you know, you know, we're sort of upwards of 60% possession every game, which is what we're used to seeing. Um, but, uh, whereas my positivity has been going like that, I'm just on a graph, I'm just sort of flatlining a little bit because I don't know, like the last couple of games I've seen, we do keep the ball well, and that that's fine. There's so many problems, I think, still defensively and trying to score goals. In between, we're fantastic. We keep the ball so well, and we play lovely football. But, you know, nine goals in 11 games. And if you think that three of them come against Luton in that comeback, you're talking six goals in 10 games. Um, and I know, I like, I know it'll come good. I know it'll come better, but like when when is it going to come good? And I know we're being positive. And I think a lot of fans are being positive about the way that we're playing football. But for example, now if we play like we have been doing, we have all the ball. Um, we don't create many chances, and Cardiff win one nil. I bet you that the positivity will be thrown out the window, especially because it's the derby as well. What happens if we I'm win like five nil? Well, if we win like five 0 great. But can you see us scoring five goals? Well, you said yourself is going to come in one game. It will come, but I don't see it coming soon. The way that we've been playing, I mean, yeah, we have missed a couple. I'm just playing. I'm just being like, just being devil's advocate a little bit because I do think that it will improve. And I, I do. The signs yeah, okay. are there. That it will improve. I, I get what you're saying, um, but even if we lose the next game one 0 I don't think everyone should just lose their minds just because of the opposition. Oh no, I know I agree, but. Knowing, knowing Swans yeah, yeah, fans, 100%. But we lose against Cardiff. 
it's all going out the window. And that's where a little bit of like, uh, you need to be reasonable a little bit, detach the emotion from the, from the like fixture, if you like. Um, And you've got to look at the bigger picture. It's hard to look at the bigger picture sometimes. And it is frustrating when you're sitting through this bumpy road. But, you know, and it's a little bit far-fetched of a sort of comparison. But Jurgen Klopp didn't walk into Liverpool and win the league in his first year, did he? They had a bit of a... Well, why were they? You know, they, they I think it took him like three, four, three years till they won the league. Yeah. It takes time to build, build, build a system to be implemented perfectly and build your squad and bring players in to, to fit yeah. that system. And I completely get what you're saying, and it is frustrating. And it is hard. It's very hard to be patient sometimes, but it's literally what we got to do. Got to be patient. Yeah. No, I yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Like I think. It's gonna take it's gonna take ages for him to to sort of change the playing style fully, but I think sometimes you've got to be a bit less stubborn because I think like the template is good, the template is very good. You know he plays the you know the five at the back with the wing backs, one up front with the two behind the striker. That's definitely his template, which I like. But then sometimes I don't know. I think sometimes he picks the wrong players in the wrong position. We touched on Corey Smith and Latibold, yeah. Sometimes I don't understand that. And then, like, for example, Saturday against Derby, nil-nil, we were dominating the game. Take, he brings Perot off and brings Cullen on. Why not go two up front? Yeah. Why not start with two up front one game? It just seems to be every game, one up top, two behind, full-backs. Fine, that's great. But I want to see maybe a little bit more experimenting. It seems yeah. to be, you know, Norton in the middle of the three. That's guaranteed every game. When sometimes, like Fulham, I don't think it works. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not being like I'm trying not to be like heavily. Yeah, I think know, I think it's kind of. He's one it's of just I'm managers. just nitpicking because I think yeah. I'm just nitpicking. I think I think it's been great so far. Like he's done, he's done well. Like we're playing so much better football. I think some decisions, like we said, why play Corey Smith behind the two when we're not scoring goals? When we're chasing a goal, like we're three one down against Fulham, or two up front. Bring Whitaker on, go three up front. Yeah, we no. haven't seen that yet. I do agree. I, I think know. like the whole Corey Smith thing. I'd be more frustrated with that after another transfer window or two, where maybe he has brought people in if that's still happening. If it isn't, well, I'd imagine it won't be when he manages to get a little bit more of what he wants. Like people mention Fosu all the time. If they brought him in, I'd imagine that wouldn't be happening. Um, maybe they bring someone else in like that in January, fixes that problem. I guess like. He's got a view on all the players from what he's seen in training so far, and he's put in where he thinks is the best for what he wants to do. I don't fully know the message he's asking them at the end of the day. I do agree. I, I said earlier, I'm frustrated with them in their positions, but you know, I guess he knows what he wants. He's seeing certain things yeah. in terms of the whole like Kyle Norton in defence thing. I think he's the sort of manager that. You get two managers, don't you? You get like someone that does a bit of tinkering, and you get someone that trusts their system. And, and yeah. he doesn't want to change his system to the opposition. It doesn't matter if the opposition does whatever they do. We play this way, and we work out how to win by playing this way. That is what we do. He's, he's that sort of manager, and I think we can criticize him. And I agree. Sometimes that should be a criticism. However. I would also go back to say Martinez was the same, Rogers was the same, and so was Laudrup. Everyone has done the Swansea way successfully, 
literally one of the biggest criticisms they all had was there's no plan B. Yeah, I know, but it has, it didn't take as long as this for us to sort of start building results, I think. I, I know he's like got a big job on his Stronger team back then, though. Under Martinez, when Martinez took over, I can't fully remember. No, Kenny Jacket got sacked. I mean, Kenny Jacket got sacked. And Martinez had a bit at the end of the season, if I remember right. But then the next season, we went up. Um, yeah, but he had a bit then, at the end of the season and a full pre-season. That's a massive Yeah, no, I know, that, that's, no I, that is a massive factor, the, you know, the, the timing of Russell Martin coming in and no pre-season. Yeah. And the fitness has been a big issue. Yeah, and let's not um, discount the effect that COVID would have had on the squad as well. Because I think that is something that yeah. we do forget sometimes. Yeah. I know, and I don't want it to come across. So I mean, I'm just sort of nitpicking because I I do think we're going to go on and, discussion. and be better. Like... Just yeah, just trying to offer something just a bit, like, and just little things like maybe even like I was saying about changing things. You know, maybe play Perot behind and Cullen up front. He doesn't even have to change the system. Like try that maybe, because um, yeah. what you get is, and my worry is, it's just the nature of the championship is. You know, if we say, right, yeah, we trust in the system, we trust in the system, and he's going to play this no matter what, no matter who we're playing against. You know, at what point do we look at, if we get to Christmas and we're still adrift, it's so easy to get sucked in with this league where you're desperate for points then, and then is it too late to change the, the system? You know, well, in order I to... I'm where... not saying... I. That's yeah. just, yeah, that's I just something I'm looking always, at. There's always a risk factor... But I think and our history should show this to be even more important. If we are in our position at Christmas, we're still where we are now, say 17th or 19th, sorry, um, at Christmas, and people are starting to be like, do we just need to adjust now to get points? I would full, fully say, no, we don't. Because when we did that in the Premier League, we got relegated. When we stopped sticking to our roots, that's when we started having problems. When we just started well, panicking and, and trying to stay we, in the league, you know, no, well, swap manager, <laughs> swap manager, what four times yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, one, was it four times in one season? Something like three, that, wasn't it? It was, uh, was it three. Guidelin to Bradley to Clement, wasn't it? Yeah, and then you could say, I guess, you know, the caretaker in between. So Curtis was it? Yeah, yeah, it was Curtis. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, oh, yeah. On, Alan, sorry. I was going to say, for me, I, I feel like yeah. there's got to be some... It, it sort of goes back to last season, not having a plan B and us calling for Cooper to do something differently. But at this point, of you know, we're only 11 games in. Um, and when you look at it, 11 games, 11 points, that's one game, uh, one point a game, as mentioned before. And that's usually what I go by on, on uh, football managers. What, try so and stay relegated. level on points on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would only <laughs> it get better. Manager, but no, like, yeah, I think, I think if, if he can, get, if, if we can get players in, in, in the transfer window, and if we continue to build the, the squad as well, um, wait, same thing, build on what we already have. And when those players come back, like, um, is it, how do you how do you say his name? Encham or Nitcham? I don't. Cham. Yeah, Cham. him. Like for example, you know him coming back. Over farming. Uh, over. Over farming coming back. Fami, Fami, Fami. Yeah, um, coming back. Then, you know, I, I feel like 
it will help us going forward a lot more. And we do have those options then yeah. to do things like two up front. But at the moment, I don't know if I'd want I think we really and Cullen. I think we really know. need two players. I think we need a right back, another right back, proper right back now, not non Atapodia. So if Led can't play, then it's someone else. If Norton is going to be the guy in the middle. And we need somebody else that can play in between the striker and the midfield. Yeah. We just need two players. Yeah. Maybe if you've got more funds, I would like a better, more comfortable ball playing centre back. Yeah. Um and if that is the case then somebody's An actual got to go, back, yeah. somebody's gotta go and maybe that is Latbody or maybe that is Bennett. I don't know, but someone will have to make way there if we get another centre back in because there's too many, especially when you factor in Cooper as well, coming through the youth. There's like yeah. six or seven of them that can play centre back. What does that say? They've got like Cooper, Cabango, Reese Williams, all the centre backs, and we're playing two full backs in the back three. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's somewhat experience there, though as well. I I understand why Cooper's not there. It's his, it's his breakout season, so you can understand that. Um, but we brought in Reese Williams to def- like, you know, we brought him in. So how old is Reese Williams? We already had cover, so if he's not going to start, why have we brought him in? Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's another yeah. youngster though, isn't he? Like, but it might be worth a risk, I guess. I don't know. You don't know what the deal is. Usually with a youngster, but when like you, when that, you think about it, cheap. think of Gary last season though. Yeah, I you know, he, he, he's a youngster, and yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's it's a, a a point of they need game time, but he just doesn't want to risk giving them game time. At this um, current I mean, stage, because he's trying to build the system. Well, yeah, Williams had a bit of a. He had some racist abuse in the other panel. He, he took quite bad, which obviously you yeah. would. Um, it does affect more, some players more than others, is what I'm trying to say. But um, you don't know how much that has an impact on him, I guess. That's something that could be considered. Um, yeah. Which I think is a fair point to make. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's done awful since he's come in, but I think like a player like him isn't necessarily going to excel when the back three's been quite unsettled up till now. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's having, it's having the experience like Bennett, but not so injury prone yeah, at all, maybe. That, which like, does come in the form of Norton, but then Norton's, you know, never actually been a centre-back. Yeah, but it's not, it's not even that, because like last season, Bennett, I would have agreed with what you just said last season in Cooper's system. But this season, as much as Bennett's an experienced centre-back, he's not an experienced centre-back at playing this way. Yeah, he, I know. He's not very good. Yeah. He hasn't been very good at doing it so far. So, like, having a youngster come in, you can't learn from that because he's learning it himself. And he's been caught yeah. down a lot of time out of positions and stuff like that. So, oh, I mean... it's, it's even harder this season for a young <laughs> centre-back to come on loan and... You know, you don't just and fit into the back three. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why. That's what I was trying to say. In, in yeah. my point is, is that it's it's harder this season in in this formation with a back three to fit in as a new young centre back and get experience from it. Um, but I mean, yeah. some some of those games where Bennett was playing, he, he was out on the wing. I was just like Bennett, you haven't got the pace to get back, yeah. <laughs> please, for the and love of because, God. Like Led's like, pushing up to like basically be a winger, and then the back three goes wide, don't they? So. That's what was happening there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think that's a that's been a good discussion. I'm sure we can re. We'll, we'll yeah, I say I'm uh, sure we will revisit it. Yeah. Don't want to sound negative. I just like 
just offering a bit of a, a pushback because there's a lot, of, a lot of positivity, but just maybe just a bit of a pushback on that. Just uh, I like I said, no doubt the signs are there. Um, I, I said I want to see and Cham, Obafemi, and Perot fit fully fit together. I think that will that will kick off, um, and all the signs are there. But I think just thinking, you know, two wins out of eleven. Unless I see it improving, um, there's always going to be that reservation. Is we've also got to remember that like the front, I mean the the three that you just named. You know, they've never. There's no chemistry there yet, all, either. Yeah. In, in a way. You yeah, know, they're all new. It's going to take a lot of time. I mean, when you look at the entire squad, there are quite a few new names. And That's a good point. We haven't mentioned how many new signings there are. It does take time to gel them in. You know, got- yeah, exactly. And we've we got to get the old with the new in a way, of the, in terms of the players. And we've also got to get this new system down. So chemistry, I think, is sort of in, if you sort of make this into a game aspect is, yeah, is an important fact to consider. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> I think, you know, I think now we'll start to see things happening, I hope. I think the next uh, sort of part of the season is, is important, I think. Because I think we've got a good squad. I know, like, we can say we've got, like, people playing where and, you know, and there's been changes and everything. I think the squad that we've got is pretty good. When I look at the bench, sometimes it's the best bench we've had in a long time just because we've got more of a squad now um but then i only just get worried sometimes if you look at like hull and millwall where we drew nil nil at home even though we are changing the system with the players that we've got in the squad we've got i'm expecting to win those games at home but i think we'll start to see that i think the I think results will start to come i think that's fair for hull but millwall are doing quite well yeah millwall doing well i mean we've got some we've got cardiff at home next and then west brom at home which is not a given. Like West Brom's going to be a hard one, but then we've got like Birmingham away and Peterborough home. So I think that sort of next, or that sort of run of fixtures, um, and then we've got uh, yeah, we've got some winnable games coming up then. Yeah, well, any game is winnable in a championship, really. So uh, we'll see what happens after the international break now, and I'm sure we'll revisit this conversation perhaps before Christmas or or there or thereabouts. Anyway, um, hope the international break is another good time for Martin to get cracking on with the squad now. A little bit of a couple of weeks before the derby. I feel like we're going to be going into it more positively than the other team. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything though necessarily, but you know, hope hope for the best. I think at home we've been showing some good signs lately, even if it's like what was it? Nil 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 and then we beat Huddersfield. So um Cardiff are gonna yeah. likely sit back again like like the others. It's up to us to make sure we're defending well enough for the set pieces because that's what they're gonna be coming for and get our shooting boots on, I guess. But we'll talk more about that next week. Um thanks for joining me today, you lads. So everyone that's listening on Spotify, thanks for listening. Everyone that's watching YouTube, thanks for watching, and don't forget to let us know in the comments what you think about everything we've discussed today what your uh, opinions are. We do try and get back to all the com- comments as fast as we can. Sometimes, you know, with work and everything, we are we don't always get that straight away, but we do try and read. We do read them all, and we do try and respond to as many as we can. So we appreciate every comment. Um, and if you want to stay in touch with us, uh, we're most interactive on Twitter. We also have Instagram and Facebook. Um, 
and get involved as well join us on fan hub where you can do team predictions look at a lot of other content ours as well as other creators and you actually get a chance of winning a free set of tickets every month by being in the top three fans for your club so Speaking of Badali, I actually missed out last month by like half a point or something stupid. Someone beat me on the last day. Oh, God. A few minutes. I still haven't got 11 out of 11 yet. I haven't either. I was there, and then when was the first? You're talking about Fan Hub? Yeah, so the Fulham game was. Oh, I haven't done it in weeks. The Derby game was the last game of the month, wasn't it? So I went into the Derby game third, and I came out of it. And someone just overtook me, so I was a bit gutted. I was like, where's my email? I was like, where's my email? I thought I was going to win tickets, but looked at the app and I was like, ah. Oh, I have actually got say. a golden ticket that has one use on it, which well, I can give you if you want. Yeah, if someone asks for a golden ticket, so you get a golden ticket to like skip the sign-up queue, basically. So we got some, so just send us a message on Twitter or whatever and we'll get you one. There might be one in the description to the video, unless it's expired. So if it's expired, just send us a message and we'll get you a code. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we shall catch you in the next video. So have a good one. Yeah, cheers, lads. Soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished, and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.